It's surprising to me that Paul would say in 1 Corinthians 1.17 that Christ did not send him to baptize, especially in view of the fact that one of the last things Jesus said on earth was go and make disciples baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. To understand what Paul meant in denying that Christ sent him to be baptized, we need to ask four questions. Number one, did the Apostle Paul oppose baptism or try to discourage his converts from being baptized? Second, why did Paul not make it a practice to do the baptizing himself by his own hands? Third, what was the aim or purpose of Paul's mission? And finally then, what does all of this imply about our view and understanding of baptism? Question number one then, did Paul oppose baptism or try to discourage his converts from being baptized? We can see in the letters that he wrote and in the book of Acts that the answer is no. On the contrary, Paul assumed that everyone to whom he wrote had been baptized and he based many of his important teachings on that fact. For example, in Romans 6.3, Paul says, Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Now, in that quote from Romans 6.3, Paul assumes that all believers have experienced baptism and that they've been instructed about its meaning. Another example is from Colossians chapter 2, verse 12, where Paul says to the Christians, you were buried with Christ in baptism, in which you were also raised through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. Here again, Paul does not treat baptism as an option that you can either choose or not choose. He assumes that this was the act by which all believers expressed their faith and entered into salvation. I should mention here in passing that this little phrase, through faith, in Colossians 2.12, is one of the main reasons that we practice adult or believer's baptism instead of infant or baby baptism. So we can see from Paul's letters that he does not oppose or belittle baptism, but rather assumes that all Christians are baptized and he bases some of his important teachings upon it. And we can see the same thing when we turn from the letters and look at the book of Acts, which is a record of Paul's missionary journeys. First of all, Paul himself, right after his conversion, is baptized. It says in Acts 9:18, Paul regained his sight, then he rose and was baptized. And then there are several other incidents in the book of Acts that we can See, mean, Paul did not discourage, but rather encouraged all of his converts to be baptized. For example, in Acts 16, Paul preaches in Philippi, and it says in verses 14 and 15 of Acts 16, what happened to a woman named Lydia. The Lord, it says, opened her heart to give heed to what was said by Paul, and she was baptized and all her household. The same chapter, just a little bit later, records how Paul was soon thrown into prison in Philippi and how there was an earthquake that opened the doors and how this gave Paul and Silas an opportunity to lead the jailer to Christ right in the middle of the night. Here's the way Luke describes it. 
Men, what must I do to be saved? The jailer said. And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were with him in his house. And the jailer took them that same hour of the night and washed their wounds and was baptized at once with all his family. That event shows that Paul believed quite strongly in having all of his converts baptized and quite quickly too. But could it be that the church at Corinth that Paul had started was different? And that's why Paul said to them, I'm glad that I baptized hardly any of you. No, that's not the solution because we learn from Acts 18.8 that during the year and a half or so that Paul was working in Corinth, it says, many of the Corinthians hearing Paul believed and were baptized. So Corinth was not different from all the other places Paul went. His converts were always baptized. But the interesting thing in the book of Acts is that nowhere does it say Paul did his own baptizing with his own hands. And that fits exactly with what we read in 1 Corinthians 1.14, where Paul says he's glad that he only baptized a little handful of those Corinthians himself. Now, that brings us to our second question, why? Why did Paul not make it a practice of doing the baptizing of his own converts? Why did he evidently hand over to Timothy or Silas or Luke the task of actually immersing the people in water? The answer that Paul gives in 1 Corinthians 1.15 is this. I avoid doing the baptizing myself so that none of my converts will be tempted to boast in me or to think that they were baptized into my name. What lies behind this unusual concern of Paul's to avoid this problem? Paul had tremendous authority in the early church. He had seen the risen Christ and had been commissioned by Christ to teach the churches. There was a risk, therefore, that when Paul baptized people, they might start to idolize Paul or boast in the fact that Paul was the one who converted them. And apparently this misplaced pride had in fact started to spread in the Corinthian church so that factions or divisions had formed and people were saying, I belong to Paul, I belong to Cephas, or I belong to Apollos. The Corinthian church was being torn asunder by these factions in which people were boasting in their favorite teachers. And Paul wants to stop this boasting and put an end to the divisions that it's causing. And so he says, for example, in chapter 3, verse 5, What is Apollos? What is Paul? They're only servants through whom you believed as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything. Only God who gives the growth. And then in that same chapter, verse 21, Paul draws this conclusion. Let no one boast in men. For all things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or things present or things to come, all are yours and you are Christ's and Christ is God's. 
In other words, as Paul says in chapter 1, verse 31, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. Paul tried really hard not to do anything that would detract attention away from the Lord Jesus Christ and the power of his cross. And he probably discovered early in his ministry that when he did the baptizing, people were tempted to have their attention focused not on Christ, but on the famous Paul. So evidently he left almost all the baptizing to his associates so that he might direct attention away from himself onto Christ. And that brings us to our third question. What was the mission of Paul? What was his goal? In verse 17, he says, Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, and not with eloquent wisdom, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. Baptism, Paul could hand over to an associate, but not the preaching of the gospel. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation for all who believe. Baptism is a symbolic expression of that belief. The gospel is the good news that anybody who believes on Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord can be saved. Baptism is an appeal through faith to God for that salvation. Therefore, the preaching of the gospel is primary and the work of Christ on the cross is vastly more important than the work of any man in baptizing. What matters is not who baptizes you, but into whom you are baptized. Paul's mission was to magnify Christ and to save men through the preaching of the gospel. And he was willing to give up anything that hindered the achievement of that mission. So in conclusion, what does all this have to say about our view of baptism? Baptism is an act of obedience to Jesus, as we see in Matthew 28. And for this very reason, it should attract our attention to Jesus and not to any man. It should express our desire to rely on Christ alone for salvation and to boast only in him. The center of our attention in this act should not be on the method or the place or the person doing the baptizing, but rather our focus of attention should be on Jesus Christ and his death and his glorious resurrection. And may that be the focus of our attention in our baptismal service today to his praise and glory. Let him who boasts, boast in the Lord.